Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Another Round with Heaven and Tracy. I am Tracy. And I'm Heaven. And we're so glad you came back. Hey. If this is your first time, we're glad that you joined us. So on this week's episode, we are going to do a little segment we like to call Men Gotta Do Better. Because listen, men it's really true. Gotta do better. We're going to talk about the clapback, the mm. glorious, glorious clapback. And yes. then we're going to have a conversation with one of our favorite writers, Rachel Kadzi Danza. The amazing. The esteemed. The fantabulous. Okay, so let's get into it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I have more adjectives, but All that's right, my cool. bad, my bad. That's fine. I'll just save them for later. Okay. It's okay. Men gotta do better. Let's just get into it. Well, first, let's a disclaimer. Okay. <laughs> Not all men. <laughs> we are. <laughs> you would think so. But I mean, honestly, like, we love men. That's fair to say, right? I love men. Okay. <laughs> we, <laughs> I do. Sure. Sure. Yeah. You, you sound not so confident, but I do. We, I do. We, we both love men as people. Yes. As individuals. Sure. When you want to be, you can be rays of sunshine in a dark, <laughs> gloomy world. Here's the problem, though. What's the problem? Patriarchy is fucking everything up for you guys. Yes. We feel like... What Say I, it. Just I say on your mind. Get it off. <laughs> I just really think that men are so dope. But patriarchy just makes you seem like awful human beings. Yeah. You get told and taught and influenced to behave in really awful ways. And we know that you're better than that. <laughs> we want better for so you. So this is a very earnest, we need to have these conversations. Men got to do better. Yes. I'm not being flippant when I say that. Right. Right. You deserve better, men. Yes, we all do. <laughs> Women also deserve better from you. Yes. And we want to help you give more to the world. <laughs> All right. That's a good setup. Okay. So lately, I've been thinking a lot about internet commenters. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Already, I feel it too. <laughs> Already. My heart just sees I, that. Maybe it was the Lindy West story on This American Life where she confronted one of her trolls uh. and talked to him. She found him, tracked him down. And there was this really horrible troll who was impersonating her dead father on Twitter. <gasps> so she found him and talked to him. So maybe it was because of that episode I've been thinking about this a lot lately. What a terrible human. Yes. <laughs> Obviously, we can all disagree with things on the internet. It's allowed. It doesn't have to be this way, though. Mm. I can't stop thinking about the fact that there are real humans who are casually sending me rape threats. Wow. Like, who is that human? What are they doing? Like, it's just a cool thing to do. Like, it's acceptable. Yeah, like... What is it about your psychology that makes you think this is an okay thing to mm -hmm. do to another human? So I've been thinking about that a lot. <laughs> it's a very depressing thought. It's kind of heavy, but it's okay. It's something that you have to deal with. I on just feel like basis. we need like PSAs. Like it's 10 p.m. Is your son commenting on the internet? <laughs> like this is a serious thing. Do you know thing. what your son is posting? Yes. Oh my God. So I just, I don't know how to fix that problem because there's a, a certain point where men stop listening to me. Those mm -hmm. men are not mm -hmm. going to listen to me. Mm -hmm. So this is my men got to do better. Men got to talk to other men about commenting on the internet. Ugh. Healthy ways of letting out aggression. Being a woman and using the internet is 
is scary. Like it's it's like it's walking terrifying. down the street, like you just yeah. expect to be assaulted at some point in time. Yes. And we were talking once about like how so many women. I know I have one, like a folder of like screenshots of really Yo, creepy, scary ass people. That folder is real. Who are like you know yeah you're probably harmless, but what if you're not? Yeah. You know if I ever end up missing, there's a folder on my laptop, mm-hmm. everyone, <laughs> of creepy <laughs> commenters who keep Go resurfacing. There first. Who, like, go way further than is ever necessary. Ugh. So, men, y'all got to do better. You ruin the internet. You ruin Please commenting. Please stop ruining the internet. Fix it. Because Fix it, we want to love you, but we cannot love you when you when you ruin the internet. So, Tracy, what do you think men need to do better? Men really have to work on not making it hard for me to have boobs. Please elaborate. Okay. Even though I already agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'll, like, for the past two weeks, I don't know what it is but my boobs have been harder it's been harder for me to <laughs> <laughs> it's very serious no, okay sorry. nothing go on okay so there have been separate times where I'm walking through the office and our office is a very casual you know like you wear whatever yeah. you want to but I'm always like conscious of like what my boobs are doing am I showing too much cleavage mm-hmm. my shirt like it buttons weird so if I like button it up too high it looks stupid because then like the <laughs> shirt pulls oh the little like fucking yeah, hole in the, the middle little keyhole. yeah right and so like I'm just like this is so stupid they're just boobs <laughs> why can I not come in with my tits yes. up to my chin if I want to <laughs> yeah. and just live my freaking life why can't I do that because men act like they don't know how to act around a pair Yo. of boobs like the idea Yo. that you cannot Focus on your work and your life and like yourself. If you see some some boobs, <laughs> is first of all insane. Second of all, I should not have to be punished because you don't know how to control yourself. The idea that men just can't control themselves, I know, is wild. Men should be insulted. They should be. I very, don't very understand insulted. how they're not. <laughs> like to have the whole world assume that you're just gonna like go nuts and like yeah. motorboat some woman if you see like <laughs> like you just can't. <laughs> Like you just can't help yourself. Why are you not insulted by that? Yeah. Men, stand up for yourselves and your humanity. You are humans and, and you have self-control. I mean, that's ridiculous. Right. Men got to do better. Just, they're just, just boobs, guys. Please, Please fix, God. Fix it. <laughs> so this week, I am so, so very excited to introduce our guest, the contributing writer to New York Times Magazine, to The Believer, and all-around dope-ass human being, <laughs> Rachel Kadziganza. Yeah, She writes a lot of incredible, thoughtful things about Black artists. It's just always refreshing to read her work. So I'm very excited to have you here, talk about all things writing, how you even approach all your dope stories. We have so many questions. We have so many oh questions. First of all, can you teach us <laughs> how, how to be so you? Awesome. <laughs> no, I think you all need to teach me how to tweet. <laughs> I, I, okay, I, we're yeah. gonna get into that. Okay, we'll, and be we'll, so <laughs> funny. Was, I told someone I said this is like the first day of school, and I've been invited to sit at the cool kids table. Oh, <laughs> I've never been the cool kids table. <laughs> I never have either, so I'm so excited. This is so dope. And then I, I posted on Instagram your your ad and you were so glamorous that I I also said I'm putting on lipstick today so I (laughs) you look good girl okay so we kind of want to start just like a little bit like backtrack maybe for everyone who doesn't know your work like how did you come to start writing about these particular things like about Kendrick about Dave Chappelle about all sorts of black artists like when did that journey start I've never written about anyone who's not a black person Hmm. Um, except Marion Faithful, 
who I, I give a pass to because she's born on my birthday. Uh, and nice. I'm obsessed with her. Yes. Um, but the reason I started to do that is because I read Patti Smith, um, Just Kids, and she said something that really struck me as being brilliant. And that was, you don't need to write about things you don't love. Mm. And I was looking around and I would read all of these these profiles and these articles and they just had a really abysmal approach to black art. Ooh, speak on it. <laughs> and they would get accolades and it would be wonderful. And I would think to myself, this is really terrible because mm. what's going into the canon about these artists is something that's completely untrue mm. about them. Yes. So for me, it has nothing to do with me. It's just kind of that... I think that we deserve better. Yes. And that we deserve to read pieces where someone has spent maybe five months doing research or, right. or we deserve to read pieces where someone has fought with an editor and said, mm. you're not going to change this because this is actually very important to my story. And you're not going to title this and all these sort of things that, you know, I've had Which to go through. Which is hard through. to do. And that's just how it sort of happened. I started to do, I did a Jay-Z piece right after I graduated from school at the same time. And, and then after that, the ball just started to roll. Dope. Now, when you said that they have a very abysmal approach to black art, can you elaborate yeah, a little bit? Yeah, let's speak on, on that a little mean. bit. Yeah. I mean, I remember, you know, I, one, one group that I profiled early on was Tyler, the creator. And now I'm I'm still sometimes very, very, very uncomfortable with Tyler, the, the misogyny. I'm, mm -hmm. But I really like him. When I went to go meet him, I sat in the corner. He was filming something and he's going, he's jumping around. He's going crazy. And I'm there to report. And finally, they go, Tyler, you, are you going to speak to the reporter? He said, you're the reporter? You're black. Mm -mm. Sounds bad, right? it was hilarious to me because what I realized wow. is that these people have no sense that someone who looks like them can write about them, that we can have a little bit of authority on our own universes and our own realities and our own culture. And that, to me, is very important because I know that there are, there's... There's an interior reality that not everyone understands about an existence. And so what I think is really important is that we have the ability to tell those stories. And not just me, but all of us, right? Yeah. That we have the ability to say, this is what it's like. And I think that part of what I think was really abysmal was that people think that we don't, that that's not necessary. Right. I mean, how can you think that? That's like saying anyone could have written Philip Ross books and anyone can't write Philip Ross books right. because he has a certain understanding of the Jewish predicament in America. And we have a certain understanding of the black predicament in America. Absolutely. I wish you guys listening could just see me in heaven. Yeah, we've just been nodding, nodding our heads the whole time. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> preach. Um, you mentioned that, and I think it could, you can very easily tell this, that you are very, have a strong hand in picking headlines. We're obsessed with the titles I of your I live They're for your so headlines. <laughs> One of them is We Are Bad People. Stakes is high and black lives are worthy of elaboration. Woo. Mm. Woo. Mm. If he hollers, let him go, the Dave Chappelle story. Like, I can see where an editor would have phrased it differently. Mm -hmm. Especially, like, when there's, quote, unquote, improper English, like, with We Are Bad People. Like, literally having to fight for your own voice. Mm. Well, I'm an enfant terrible in that way. I mean, I'm from Philadelphia, so I have a lot of fight in me. I mean, we all we all found out from Amber Rose, don't mess with people from Philadelphia. <laughs> <Yo>. <laughs> we have no chill with all the facts. So. <laughs> no chill. Like, people are like, Rachel, you have no chill. I'm like, I'm from Philadelphia. What did you <laughs> think? So, um, the title, I don't understand how the title isn't a part of the story. Mm. So I've yet to understand that when people are like, well, they're going to pick the title. The believer, I never had to fight them with that. They always give me the title. And so that's one of the reasons... I'm loyal to them and I adore them. I would do anything in my my life for the believer. Um, and then there are places that tell me I can't 
you know, pick my own title, and I pulled a piece. Mm. And they're like, oh, my God. <laughs> she's, she's serious. Yeah, she's yeah. crazy. Or she's so oh. rude. And I'm like, I don't really care. So, so angry. Such an angry black woman. I'm so angry, right? Um. You know, but it's it's like, you know, my friend Harmony Holiday, who's a poet, she said, you know, most of these places don't even want to pay you that much, but then want to tell you how mm. they're going to present your mm. art. Listen. So mm. where did you where did you get that in your exactly. mind? <laughs> where did that happen? I mean, Who that's really funny. Who said you could do this? So you know, that's that's that, those are small things. Mm. So I was rereading the the Dave Chappelle piece, which, if you haven't read it, is incredible. But that's the thing that you've been nominated for the National Magazine Award for, which is so incredible and like satisfying, and gratifying, just to have. Great black art recognized. <laughs> what matters to me more is when I saw like people like Saeed Jones and you guys and young people just like enjoying it. That mattered to me mm-hmm. more than that. I mean, that was nice. That was cool. That made it real to my mom, I think. You know? <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. I didn't win anyway. So, so. <laughs> And that's not to say that I, I didn't appreciate that acknowledgement. Mm. I did very much so. It was just one of those holistic moments where everything was nice and everything was good. And and those are the moments that I think are validating. Yeah. So as I was rereading the piece, a big part of the story is thinking about how people had all these expectations of Dave Chappelle and felt like they, he owed them something. Mm-hmm. And the title speaks to it. if he hollers, let him go. Like, he's like, I, I don't want to. So <laughs> this is not it. something I want to be a part of. Right. And letting him go. And it kind of made me think about a thing that's been happening with Jessica Williams basically saying I'm not yours in the same way I think like you don't get to use me for your own personal like campaign. So to give a little context for if you're not aware, there is this story in the billfold which like J- Jessica Williams had tweeted that she's not going to be taking over the Daily Show once Jon Stewart retires. Um, it, she's like underqualified for the job and she's doing a bunch of other things and she's happy. That's what she tweeted on her own accord. And then there's a story that came up. It kind of accused her of, like, you don't know... You don't know your worth. You don't know how yeah. talented you are. You, you don't know how talented thing. you are. And, like, you are being a victim of yeah. imposter syndrome, which is this idea Very that, well-intentioned, like, I'm sure, but holy yeah. shit. I'm tired of well-intentioned. Listen. No, fuck that. <laughs> I'm so over it. I'm yes. so over it. You know? Like my granny always said, the road to hell is paved with good intent. Yo, oh, no, shit. Yeah. You know? But I think what was satisfying was that it was, like, uh, in the span of horrible articles that have been written about black women, <laughs> it wasn't that bad. But I liked that she clapped back anyway. Mm-hmm. She's like, let me tell you, you, like, even if it's just one small blog, you are not going to talk about me this way. Right. You're not going to tell me. You're not going to diagnose me. Yeah. Well, part of the problem is I think that the conversation around race is stuck in a very post-1960s moment. And people don't know how to figure out how to talk about in the 21st century as if things haven't evolved and become more nuanced. Mm. And that, yeah, we do things and all these things, but we don't need your help, your advice, right. your messiah complex, all of these things. Patronizing. Like, like, see the big picture. <laughs> yeah. See the big picture. I don't mm-hmm. need... Yeah, I yeah. see the big picture. I'm doing picture fine. You know myself. what I mean? Right. Yeah. So I was interviewing someone recently who's incredible. You know, I said, this is crazy. I had an incident the other week and I said, this is crazy. This person was telling me what my existence was like. Mm. And she said, yeah, this is crazy. But just make sure they don't erase you. And what all of us are doing that's really important is just saying we're not going to be erased. And you're going to understand the nuances of our existence in the 21st century. Because trust me, I'm leaning in every day in ways you don't even know. Lean the fuck away from me. Yes. (laughs) 
That was so beautiful. (laughs) You know? You know? (laughs) That was a perfect, a perfect clapback. Yes. You know, I think that Beyonce was amazing when she said, like, I wake up like this. Like, we wake up like this. We do it every day. We don't (laughs) need to do anything. You don't need to prescribe anything to us. Right. Yes. (laughs) We did not ask you for a single thing. We good. Yeah. We are right. So it's an amazing thing. Yeah. Um, You write a lot of profiles and a lot of so-called long form. Why? Well, I mean, I think with the the interview I did with um, Camila Rashid, who is a fantastic archivist and a writer and an artist, we just got to the point where she asked me that, too. And I, I just think that Black lives deserve context. And, and what I think a lot of people have tried to do is to say, Bobby Shimurda pops out of Flatbush and does a Shimurda dance and it's crazy. <laughs> but then if you look at the dance, you know, like that dance is he's from Trinidad that dance is African. Like, as someone mm. who's Black American and West African, like, that's how my dad danced, would, would dance mm. as a little kid. <laughs> yes. uh-huh. What's really exciting about the Shimurda dance for me is that <laughs> he is collapsing uh, 300 years of dancing into one dance. Uh, and it's something we all kind of want to move like, but until yes. he made it Vogue, Yo, we wouldn't have done it. That's so beautiful. So, I didn't <laughs> think it was possible for me to, to love the Shmoney dance more any more than yeah. this moment. <laughs> that is revolutionary. You know, like, that was how ways. my dad's, you know, my dad, it's so embarrassing. My dad worked at the World Bank. And um, I think that's why it took... <laughs> so embarrassing it's so embarrassing it's so embarrassing this is a safe space it's, it's no judgment it is this is a you can got that in <laughs> if you all want to know why I do what I do and I feel so guilty it's because my dad worked for the World Bank um, <laughs> that's and I'm not though. close with him at all Mm. Uh, you know, I've, I've seen you more than I've ever seen him in my life. <laughs> oh, so <laughs> same girl, same. We gotta talk about I mean, it. That's true. I tell everyone that. I mean, this is like if we spend two hours together, we have more of a relationship than I do with my dad. So. Oh man! But so he worked at the World Bank, but I would go to these African parties where all of them would come over. These guys who were in D.C. and they could dance. I mean, they would dance for hours. And when I saw Bobby Sherman, I was like, Oh my God! I'm at a you know, I'm at a World Bank party. <laughs> um, and I think that that was really exciting for everyone because I think we we are so anti-diaspora. Mm. We don't know that we're all connected to this, yeah. like, very African tradition. And he just, you know, he collapsed through, the, through Flatbush to the islands to Africa in 15 seconds. I mean, it's yeah. literally 15 seconds of the whole video. <laughs> really you, you can miss it if you try to, you know, yeah, try to to my husband and he was like, when does it happen? <laughs> Like, you didn't see it? Yeah, so. if, it can only be captured in a vine. Right, really. right. Yeah. It's like yeah. six seconds. Yeah. I kind of struggle a little bit to balance, like, in my intellectual and, like, passionate curiosities. I, I think I spent a lot of time thinking about the African-American experience. And even though I was born in Ethiopia and am an African child. Right. I don't spend as much time critically, creatively thinking about African art or African works. I don't know. Is that something you think a lot about? I mean, you think about diaspora, but you do write a lot about African-American in particular. Well, I mean, I think, like I just said, I have no relationship with my father. Yeah. Haven't, like, you know, I got married. He didn't come. Mm. And so I have no. Re- I mean, my uncle did come. And there was a moment when he was going to do libation, which I don't know if everyone knows, you know, pour palm wine and pray that my ancestors come. And I hadn't really planned it into the wedding, which I had planned very meticulously. Mm. And it, the sunset. And I was like, okay, Uncle Papani, it's time to do libation. And he was like, you can't do libation after dark. The ghosts are going to come. Oh. And I was like, oh. That's so we important. Missed. You so could have told me that more, earlier. Yeah. <laughs> These are more moments yeah. where I've completely totally. botched my understanding of this part of my existence. Yeah, or I have yeah. no understanding. Those, just, so, those are such real moments, though. They're such real moments. Yeah. And, 
And um, I've had other, you know, I've gone to Ghana, visited him. And so I do feel deeply West African because yeah. I have these experiences. Like sometimes I go to a BET party and I'm like, I'm West African. <laughs> <laughs> and for, just a little bit of background. Were you, were you born in Philly? You said you're from Philly. Were you born no, in Philly? No, I'm not born in Philly. Okay. Um, so I'm like a, a, a government World Bank child who okay. moved around a lot. But I spent the most significant part of my life in Philly mm-hmm. in terms of the, the the sort of black power ethos of Philly mm-hmm. really, really got into me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you see, I mean, even Amber Rose is black power and we don't even know if right. she's black. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? like, we had this conversation. Yeah, we like, did have this conversation. <laughs> I mean, everyone exactly. in Philly is kind of like, yes, John uh-huh. Street. And it's, it's such an amazing place for that reason. But um, to answer the African question, it's something I'm really interested in exploring, but mm-hmm. I will have to explore it on my own terms as yeah, someone yeah. who is, you know, deeply American. My cab drivers always tell me when I'm like, you're African. I'm like, I'm African. And they're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's you so are. real. When and cab drivers husband, are like, yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> my husband speaks French and is Jewish and they're more like, he is African. And I'm like, why is he African? Don't play me. (laughs) You know, just because he speaks French and he's lived in, and he's traveled more around the continent. And so, I read a lot of African writers, but I don't know if I have a place there. Like, I really like Teju Cole and all these, these, these artists who are doing such interesting things. Yeah. But I don't know where, where I configure myself in that. You also teach. I've taught a lot. You've taught at Bard, at Columbia. I've taught, I taught, most importantly, I taught in Brooklyn public schools. And that's where all of my little mentees come from. So what was like the age range of people you've taught? My my age range of the students that I was teaching when I was teaching in Brooklyn public schools were 14 to 18. Oh, oh my God. They would read me so hard. Like I'm still <laughs> thinking about the way they would talk shit about me. I had these shoes, you know, I had these Delman, Delman flats, right? Jackie O flats. They were purple. I had these purple pants. I had this Angora purple sweater. I came in. I was feeling it. And <laughs> they feeling were like, look. oh shit, Cookie Monster up in this bitch. Oh, Cookie so, Monster's not even purple. Is, is he not? Which Cookie is the Monster's purple one? Blue. No, Animal. They said it's Animal. <laughs> Animal's up Aww. in this. And they were going in. And then sometimes they'd be like, Yo, I wore saddle shoes. shoes. <laughs> I wore saddle shoes like, oh, Bob Molly's going bowling. So... <laughs> I have locks. <laughs> For those Yo. of you who don't get the joke, no, I have dreadlocks. Yeah, not so disrespectful so they, as my kids. kids. No, they're so disrespectful, <laughs> and they're still disrespecting me. And but I'm, they're still in my life. A lot of them, a mm. couple of them, and I'm going on college visits with a few of them. That's um, so dope. So if That's any of you beautiful. are looking for incredibly verbal students out in the world, call me. I have so many oh, so who are looking to do next step stuff, and I think that teaching reforms the way I think about the world and puts me in dialogue with some of the most brilliant linguists in the world. I mean, just the the ways that they would laugh at me were Mm. new languages. And I would come in and I would say, like I ate one time arugula and they say, oh, Miss G, you eat rabbit food? (laughs) (laughs) That is exactly how I felt about salad in high school. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, I'm not a rabbit. (laughs) Why would I eat this? So every day they would come up with new ways and and not just bust, but new ways of thinking about the world, conceiving about the world. Mm. And when they were done the year, I kept some of their journals um, you know, because I was, you know, they didn't want them back. If they didn't want them back, I kept them. Mm. And I still think they were the best writers and the most inventive thinkers that I've mm. ever met. More than the students I taught at the Ivy League. Like, oh. I never yeah. am impressed by the fact that I've taught at Ivy League institutions. I'm always impressed by the language I met in Brooklyn public school students because That's they were beautiful. brilliant. If I could have any dream, 
It would be to start a school. Mm. Wow. You should do that it so I can have so babies beautiful. and send them to you. Yeah, I know. Please, I will take <laughs> my kids to your school. I will have kids just to put you them know in Badu, school. Wait, did you see Badu get interviewed at the airport? And, no, and she said all the schools are closed, but Badu's school is open. Yes! yes! <laughs> <laughs> all, all the other schools are closed, but Badu's yes! still open. I love Badu. I asked Badu for life advice. The other month, uh, I was in LA. <laughs> Excuse me, hope like for real, like yeah, like you spoke to her. I sp- I interviewed her for a piece I did, and then <gasps> I went to I was in LA visiting my my amazing homie Tina Ferris, who is is tour managing D'Angelo's European tour right oh now. My oh and she, my Tina Ferris is so glam. God. Like if anyone wants an amazing interview with an amazing tour tour manager, talk to her. But so she was like, I was at her house in in some Lemert Park, Lemert Park in LA, and she goes. Oh, Badu just texted me. You want to go hang with Badu? And I'm like, yeah. <gasps> <laughs> so I feel we like somebody just asked me to I hang know, with Erica. Right? That did not like, even happen. Come on, <laughs> I'm you know? dying. So we get there, like two shorts in the room. I'm passing what? out. Too short. Um, Erica. <laughs> There are these chicken are fingers, like and Erica no, they're like chicken friends. fingers. I don't <laughs> right. know. I think so. I don't, I need to know. <laughs> I don't know. Everyone uh, was cool. There were chicken fingers going around with waiters. And nice. then I go to the bar. Nice. They were like, "All the bourbon is free." I was like, "Is this <gasps> real?" I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. Too short. Chicken so we're, fingers. We're too bourbon. short. Erica, chicken and right. bourbon. Right. That's so, what my heaven looks like. You know, when I die and I cross over, that's what's gonna be waiting for me. So I don't really get pressed when people are like, "Racism doesn't exist." I'm like, "Okay, I'm going to my." Erica room with chicken fingers <laughs> and bourbon. I don't have to think about you. <laughs> so we're we're hanging out, and she goes finally. I said, Erica, I need life advice. You oh know? my gosh, people Mama have, Erica, people have been dying in my life. Things have been crazy. I'm I'm at a place that I, you know, that's that I'm grateful to be. I'm very grateful, but also it's very new to me. And she said, just keep your altar updated. Mm. So anything mm. you don't want in your life, put it on your altar. And all the things you do want in your life, put mm. it on your altar. Mm. And just keep that altar updated. And I said, that's it. I feel like a new woman. I know. <laughs> that is freaking amazing. Yeah, it was am- I'm, I'm, I'm lucky. I feel like I'm lucky. I have to, I have to note to self, update your altar when you get home. Keep the altar updated. I do have another question that I wanted to ask. Totally. If you had to give advice to a writer of color who is just starting out in this industry, like the business of writing, of being a writer, what Mm. advice would you give them? If you could only like tell them, give them one tip, what would it be? Or what is something you wish you had heard? Right. Uh, It's the advice that the other day I was talking to Toni Morrison and she gave me and she said, (laughs) be honest to yourself. You can't say sentences like this all the other day. (laughs) Casually talking to me. The most beautiful name drops I've ever Uh, heard. No, I'm not not name dropping them because they're they're, they're important to me, but so other people, she said, be honest to yourself. Mm. And I thought, wow, what if I had heard that ever before? It would have given me so much bolstering for all of the fights I've gotten in with editors. Mm. I'm very lucky. My editor at the New York Times Magazine that I work most directly with, Claire, I think gets my my contentious nature because it's all in service of the words on the page. Mm. I do not care about it for myself. I do right. not. I am over it. But just when you're honest to yourself and you're honest to the things that matter to you and you have integrity, meaning that your your mind, your heart, and your mouth and your hand that writes everything is holistically aligned, then you're in the good place because it's not about you mm. and it's not about the people that you're writing about. It's writing a part of history and writing them into history. And that's bigger than all of that. 
And that's a good thing. Oh, that this was, was transformative. Yes. No. I feel like my Ladies life has changed. The amazing, life-changing <laughs> Thank you so much for Rachel coming. Kaza. Oh my talking God, Kaza. guys. I'm Please telling come you. Back. So, uh, I dressed up for y'all. <laughs> and you embarrassed and you the two of us. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, damn, I should have put on some heels yeah. or something. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you so, so much, much. for you. coming to talk with us. It was wonderful. This was so beautiful. Until next time. Yes. 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 Have me back. So now we want to debut <laughs> a new segment called the Clapback, wherein, <laughs> wherein is a great word, wherein we just discuss like great clapbacks. And when we say clapback, I yeah. mean. For the people who don't know, what is a clapback? For those who don't know what a clapback is, somebody's coming at you, right? <laughs> Somebody thinks you a punk. Somebody's trying to chump you and you're like, no, no. No, let, let me tell not you what you're not going to do. Let me tell you what you're not going to do. Yo, black people love to tell somebody what they're not going to do. So we just want to like pay homage either to people, probably mostly women, because yeah. we got the most to shout about, in my opinion. Yes. <laughs> who just like really like stand up for themselves and they're not here for your shit and they don't Absolutely care not. to tell you that yes. they're not here for your shit. Sometimes we're going to be the ones clapping back. Yes. Because I do enjoy it's talking frequently. back. <laughs> I, I'm kind of up in it. But other times I'll, it's going to be back. like, these people are clapping back and we need to right. talk about it. Right, right, So, So that's the case today. I would like to go back in time, if you will. Take us back a little. If you would be so kind as to take this journey with me back to 2013. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so far back. <laughs> 2013, if you can remember. Uh-huh. Omarosa is, you know, you can make arguments that she's not <laughs> the most higher voice. <laughs> <laughs> not always the most pleasant person. You know, she's like always cast as the reality show villain and she plays a part very well. Yeah. I have never seen any of her things, but mm-hmm. yeah, I, I get that vibe. Yeah. Yeah. However, in spite of how awful she is on reality shows, she's actually very accomplished. She used to work in the White House and she's just very like, she's pretty badass. I have yeah, to say. absolutely. Yes. This was made clear to me mm-hmm. in 2013 when she was on Bethany Frankel's show. Okay. Which yeah. I cannot believe Bethany ever, <laughs> ha- had, ever a had a show. <laughs> ever. And so, like, I unfortunately can't remember, like, the the circumstances that came to this little face-off that they had on her talk show. But Omarosa put her in her place, her mama's place. Her <laughs> grandma's Everybody's place. place. <laughs> she really did. So they're having a conversation about like race and Omarosa is like trying to explain like the differences between being a black woman and a white woman and like the work you have to put in to succeed in their particular industries. And of course, Bethany's like, oh, you know, race doesn't matter. Everybody. We have a little clip. Let's let's play the clip. Yeah, let's just, let's just play the clip and just like let the clapping back wash over you (laughs) like a warm wave on a beach because it's beautiful. It's different for for you and I. I'm an African-American woman. You get to walk around and be mediocre and you still get rewarded with things. We have to be... We have to be exceptional to get anything in this business. Bam. (laughs) Bloop. Bloop, bloop, bloop. (laughs) She did not say a single lie. Pew, 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 pew. But I mean, it's true though. And I like think... also later in that, or maybe it was early. I don't know. But she was like, "Honey, let's keep this in perspective. Yeah, you made cupcakes. I worked in the, <laughs> in the White House. Like, no Damn. shade to like people who are great bakers. Shout out to bakers. <laughs> yeah. I love you. I'm but glad you exist. The way she tried to dismiss her as like as somehow not having also a career of her mm-hmm. own and not being like a competent had person to who work was like really on her hard. level. But I think what I appreciated it most for is that. 
it put the phrase white mediocrity oh my god into people's lives it put it into my life and listen and it has changed my <laughs> life <laughs> like it really has being able to call out i mean this also even happened on scandal where Ooh. she the twice as good speech there was this moment where olivia pope's dad gave her the speech a lot of people are familiar mm-hmm. with which is the twice as good speech which i am sure i will give my twice as good meaning you tell your black children mm-hmm. or your brown children like that quite specifically you have to be twice as good to get half of, of what, what white have. people are just handed by yes. virtue of existing and breathing so having a phrase like white mediocrity mm-hmm. is so affirming and helpful right and the the idea or the notion of being praised for being mediocre yes listen and it's not every day that anyone will say that out loud <laughs> on national tv on national television on your show i'm gonna come into <laughs> Let your me tell house you about yourself <laughs> and call you mediocre to your face and all of your friends faces yeah like she has what does she even do i don't know she's like uh she was a, a real housewife for a and while then she has like this line of like skinny, skinny girl drinks, martinis whatever. or whatever i don't know you know what though the pina colada is kind of don't do this tracy i'm sorry <laughs> distracted from the point <laughs> That for me is is the mother of modern clapbacks in my life. <laughs> yes. So the mother of contemporary clapbacks. Contemporary clapbacks. Shout out to fucking Omarosa. Shout out. So heaven, who is your clapper back? <laughs> Clapbacker. Clapbacky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not sure what the right noun is, but we'll work it out. So in February during the Oscars, Zendaya went in this like flawless dress. Heaven, who is Zendaya? Zendaya is a like Disney Channel star slash musician. I didn't know she was on Disney Channel. Yeah. I think that's how most people know her. She's 18, so she's pretty young, has a pretty young fan base. So she came to the Oscars. She's beautiful. She had this gown and she had these faux locks in. She just cut her hair like in a pixie cut, but for the Oscars, she went in these like faux locks. And they were beautiful. She slayed. She looked she great on the red gorgeous. carpet. And for some reason. <laughs> On The Fashion Police, which is a real show that still exists. Which is a horrible show that they should cancel. Juliana Rancic, is that how you pronounce her last name? Yes. She was saying that, because they do these like little riffs about how people looked and what it reminded them of. And she said she looked like she smelled of weed and oils because of her Patchouli hair. Patchouli oil, to be, it, to be specific. Exact. First of all, why are you a grown woman mm. on a show called the fashion police mm. like in middle school mm. we made jokes about the fashion police <laughs> and then we grew up <laughs> why is this still happening <laughs> first of all why does this even exist why so, is the thing right i'm like a little bit sad that she even had to address it like she's an 18 year old girl who's like just starting her career there's no reason we should be even fucking paying attention right. to like dumbass juliana rancic on the red who carpet who's an adult just a as a reminder, an adult woman. coming for an 18-year-old. <laughs> but she wrote this really, really, I will say eloquent, despite the fact that white people have ruined that word Thanks, when describing folks. brown people. <laughs> <laughs> but she wrote this really eloquent reply and clapped the fuck back. Yes. She said, let me read you a little snippet. Read me a little snippet, please. <clears throat> it begins, there is a fine line between what is funny and disrespectful. Already, <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> That's a really fancy way of saying, first of all. Let me tell you what you're not going to do. <laughs> Let me tell you how you're not going to talk about me. And then she goes on. She said, someone said something about my hair at the Oscars that left me in awe. Same. <laughs> not because I was rap- relishing in rave outfits, but because I was hit with ignorant slurs and pure disrespect. And this is like a like a chunky paragraph she goes in she's like hey let me tell you about some dope women who had fucking locks let me tell you about 
Ava DuVernay, Oscar-nominated mm. film Selma, Lettucey, nine-time Grammy-nominated so- singer, songwriter, and actress, Terry McMillan, author, Vincent Brown, professor of African-American studies at Harvard University, Heather Andrea Williams, historian who also p- possesses a JD from Harvard University, an MA, and a PhD from Yale University, uh. as well as many other women, men, and children of all races have in common. Mm. Locks. I'm going to read, I'm going to read, I'm going to read. Yes! <laughs> and she ends with like, Hey, I suggest some people should listen to India Ari's I Am Not My Hair. <laughs> and contemplate a little before opening your mouth so quickly before you judge. So what you just heard is an 18-year-old child Clap putting an adult back. in her place. Yes. Epitome and of And it's back. like she didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. It was a very like pointed decision to be like, I heard this thing about me, but I'm going to go in anyway. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not going to ignore it. And then Solange jumped in. Oh, Solange. Oh, my God. Ugh. And she said, in just one tweet, <laughs> she's like, yeah, Fashion Police has been bashing my fro for years. In Touch Weekly compared it to a dog, dot, dot, dot. And you know what I say? And she linked to a gif where she's just hair flipping. Hair flip. Hair flip everywhere. It was flawless. It was beautiful. It was perfect. I'm just so here for people being like, I don't even care if it's just one dumb comment from one person. Mm-hmm. You are not going to talk about me this way. Right. You don't have to take shit from anybody if you don't want to. So shout out to Zendaya. All right, friends and family members, it is now time for us to buy our customary rounds for somebody or something. I guess we could buy a round for something that's like not a person. All right. Who are you buying a round for? I am buying a round for the saint commonly known as Juvenile (laughs) from the church of Cash Money Records. (laughs) Listen, in February was the 16th anniversary of Mm -hmm. Back That Ass Up. Where would your life be without that song? 16 years ago, we didn't even know what life was. (laughs) I had no idea. Proms before 1999 were bullshit. (laughs) Because you could not play this song and nobody would go crazy. And I mean, like, it's just like such a beautiful picture of like secular black life. On top of that, it's a bomb ass song. Yeah. That I lose it's a at jam. least five pounds to when it comes on. <laughs> yeah. I don't wanna I don't wanna know what my life would be like without this song. So juvenile. Yes. Juvie. Wody. <laughs> this is for you. Have a round on us. What about you have? Who you buying around for? Okay. So I've been trying to watch more movies in like movie theaters mm-hmm. because I never do that. It's expensive. It's expensive, and I just never do it. I watch a lot of TV, not movies. Mm -hmm. But me and my roommates went to watch The Boy Next Door. Oh my god! On purpose, the horrible movie with J Lo and the like hot dude. (laughs) I don't even know his name. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We won't know. I really want to buy a round for J Lo. Tell me, explain this. So the movie is horrible. It's trash. I don't know why I watch it. (laughs) (laughs) I watch it on like on a Tuesday. Club going up. Movies going up on a Tuesday. It was like 10 p.m. We were like one of seven people in the movie. So we got to talk and like laugh about the movie. It was fun. Mm -hmm. It was a bad movie, though. Mm -hmm. I would never recommend it to anyone. (laughs) But it still made me love J-Lo so much. And I forgot how much Jenny from the block was just like a figure in my life. Aw, Jenny. So I I just like, I feel like I kind of forgot about her a little bit because she's doing this song with Iggy, like the booty song. I really wanted to like it, but I wasn't into it. But it reminded me of like the J Lo that I love, even if it was a bad movie. I just want the best for her. I want her. I want her to have good movies with hot dudes. The dude was hot in mm. his, cre- his credit. <laughs> to his credit, the one thing. But he did like, right. I just, I was so happy for her that she's still getting movies, even if they're bad. Okay, 
I know that sounds like a tepid. Mm, I mean, I get like it. endorsement, but I really am truly happy for I her. I mean, I feel like it's a good illustration that you saw a shitty movie featuring J Lo and you still love J Lo. Yeah, she slayed. Yes, that's good. J Lo, if we if I ever see you in the streets, around on me, girl. <laughs> I got you. We got you, boo. We survived another episode of another round. <laughs> yes. Everybody's Shout out to our producer, Jenna Weiss-Berman. Shout out to Eleanor Kagan, our other producer, and shout out to Julia Furlan. And shout out to you guys for listening. (laughs) Subscribe on iTunes, rate us, find us on Facebook, find us on Twitter, and email us at anotherround.buzzfeed.com. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week. Yay!